What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. Yala, but so it is the end of the weekend. Uh, how has your weekend been, man? Uh, has been pretty chill. Pretty chill. Uh, only thing is, is I, I, I think uh, where the the middle of this week we had that big podcast with Anthony Chen. Mm, mm. So I think that was like uh, it was it's quite exciting. So yeah. in general, since then, we've just been like, you know, uh, chilling a little bit since then. Just chilling. Uh. I mean, I hope like, uh, I hope, I mean, I'm curious what our listeners also thought of that because we weren't debating anything that's super polarizing or something, but we were just hearing in mm. a perspective from someone who has, who has done some cool shit, like, right? Yeah. Some cool shit. Yeah. Correct, correct. So right. um, hopefully, yeah, just leave your comments in the Reddit because yeah. like, I think... Um, it, it, it's it's not one of those episodes that is going to be very heated but it's just is, was it interesting That's actually what maybe, uh, maybe maybe you got some people heated about some stuff uh. maybe, uh, maybe maybe maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe. Just that, but we just cannot say you know in the world of filmmaking like the one thing that I've been seeing come up again and again is Zack Snyder's cut of like fucking Justice League man like to, to, is this your one shot thing of the week no 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 it's not one shot because I haven't seen it yet I'm just mm. I'm just blown away by you know like in the days or in the day in this internet age of social media and stuff like that the word of mouth of that right is fucking mind boggling man I've seen one trailer but everything mm. people are just saying oh my god it's amazing and it's four hours it's a fucking four yeah. hour movie it's like a Hindi yeah. movie it's Bollywood yeah. Bollywood meets DC man holy yeah, yeah. shit so so I gotta find my find a way to to watch that like. hopefully when I watch it it'll be my one show thing for that week lah. Like. Hopefully, I mean, I haven't, I haven't even seen the original actually. Yeah, actually, because I heard it was so bad. Yeah. It was so bad. But um, before we jump into uh, things proper, yeah, what is the one plug or at least the one thing that we need to do every week? Uh, I could tell you're already getting sick of my rambling on. Am I too energetic no, for I, you? I, I, I just think <laughs> we don't want to jump too much into a topic first without at least doing the the thing that we have to do. Kela, Kela, the thing we have to do is to tell you, our dear listeners, uh, that if you have experienced some sort of joy, uh, some sort of emotion when listening to this podcast at any point in your life, it would be great if you could share that opportunity with somebody else and introduce them to Yala But mm-hmm. uh, Because yeah, our podcast continues to grow. Our subreddit has hit 1.1k members, which is fucking great. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, like we just want to, we're going to keep cranking these out. And yeah, if you could recommend it to someone, that would be fucking great. And that interview with Anthony or the, the, the podcast, so to speak, with mm, Anthony mm, mm. was not a one-off thing. There will be another in the series uh, yeah. that brought brought to you by our friends at Samsung. Yeah. Uh, so it will be another very well-known name that, that I think a lot of people confirm yeah. yeah I mean I, I maybe we won't talk about it until we confirm the date like, yeah. Right? yeah with a filmmaker a filmmaker a mm. big gun big gun in local media yeah cool anyway, man uh, yes what is the first topic of the, the week the first topic is a topic that uh, I came across but the more you dig the more you unravel some some hard truths uh, mm. or soft truths um, it's about how the CEO of UTL Man which is a local company that uh, sells UTL direct to consumers and restaurants and businesses, Halal UTL, might I add, um, was posted something public in response to an email that she got 
from a staff from PCF Sparkle Thoughts, <laughs> which is a, a company. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. But basically, the company UTL Man was featured on CNA recently. I believe there was a video on March 18th. Uh, and it showed, yeah. you know, the, the inner workings of, of the company. La. One, and one mm. scene had a person, of a, a light-skinned person who had tattooed arms uh, preparing the dough. La. So someone emailed the CEO of UTL Man or, or the, the company address or something and said, and I quote, Dear sir, very curious about the matter. Why your demo show not using glove while frying the item? Two, exclam- two question marks. That only I see how about other item can that consider halal as a man look like Chinese man with tattoo using hand how come M- mm. Muiz uh, not alert on that while hygiene was considered too for the cert halal sorry for the inconvenience cause warmest regards the name but then under that <laughs> the company signature like Sparkle Thoughts preschool <laughs> so yeah. so then the CEO of Sparkle Th- uh, of, of of UTL Man uh, Miss Audrey Chu responded like kind of breaking it down and explaining their process of getting halal certification and kind of highlighting the apparent bias in that person's email so mm. Mothership posted an article uh, there's been a very vibrant discussion on Reddit but what are your thoughts when you saw that article man? Um, obviously I think, uh, uh, there, there was a, there, there are a lot of preconce- preconceived biases, uh, like, like she said, the, the fact, I mean, as far as I know, uh, that's why I did a little bit of digging myself after I saw that, mm. was that what, what do you have to do to, you know, uh, attain halal certification uh, as a business or what? Mm. Uh, I think you need to, def- definitely about your ingredients have to be halal. Mm. Um, the Your food preparation has to be halal. Food preparation meaning that you can't mix, say like, you know, utensils that you use to cook pork with with uh, with your halal uh, ingredients and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And when, I think thirdly, in the past, in the past at least, there used to be, uh, something where the person who actually handles your food and cooks your food has to also be uh, from the religion. Uh. Mm. But I think I think that aspect has been um, has been uh, so what do you call it uh, a bit more lenient in, in in recent years. I don't know whether it's decades or years or what lah. Mm. And now the requirement is just I think as you you need to have a certain percentage of of. Uh, Muslim employees or something like that lah mm. to, 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 to apply for the halal certification and all. So as long as you meet that, those criteria, your food is considered halal regardless of who in your company is, is preparing it lah. Mm. So, 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 so in that aspect, definitely the person, person questioning it, whether it's halal, it's kind of probably didn't, didn't really think much about it lah. Like, like that, the fact that halal doesn't necessarily mean you need to have a, you know, someone wearing a, a lady wearing a tudung or a guy wearing a songkok, like making your food for you, right? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of shallow that way. That was the first thing that jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. What, what about you? What do you think? I mean, I guess to me, the email is like a hate comment on YouTube. Uh, it, I don't know, like it feels like, is it, is, is it even worth responding to, to something like this? I think maybe like a, the cynical side of me is like, okay, that Miss Audrey Chu posted something 
uh, unreplied and posted it on Facebook. Lah. Even though the Facebook post is no longer available, or at least I couldn't find it. Maybe it's because I'm not friends with uh, Miss Audrey Chu, but it's no longer available on Facebook. And I felt like... Um, Virtue signaling. Is that, is that the term? Virtue signaling? <laughs> I mean... You are like... Classic, yeah, classic right wing, right winger, right yeah, now. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that you read the email. Okay, what I find the weirdest thing is that the fucking company signature is there, la. So I think maybe mm. this this person also needs to uh undergo like or, or be exposed to some sort of email etiquette or something, la. Like if you have personal opinions, mm. um, that touch on I don't know the people's appearance and all, you don't use your company email, la. Right. Mm, so, mm, but mm. but yeah, if you read the email, I mean, you think about like I've gotten a fucking email last time about how my my penis is small or something. They had watched one of our videos, right? And I think we made a video about it. Um, I know I'm a content creator, and I know food preparation and anything to do with religion is a very touchy topic, lah. But that's mm. why I felt like she posted it, and like I mean, she she got great PR. She got great mm, PR. Mm, uh, we're talking about it now. And I think, I, I never knew there was a company called Utiao Man in Singapore. And like, dude, Utiao is awesome. Yeah, now I know. Now I know. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you're kind of like saying, remember that time when there was a salad place that got attacked by someone who- Small, uh, small, LG- small, small. Yeah, yeah. Small, small. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess, yeah, that brought a lot of publicity to them. Maybe this one also will bring a lot of publicity <laughs> to I tell you, dude, remember to I told you that someone needs to start a business where you just interact with a company in a racist way and then yeah. that company can use it for marketing collateral. Dude, you yeah, will yeah. fucking make so much money. You will make so yeah. much money. <laughs> so, uh, so Fox News is hiring yeah, yeah, is, is hiring yeah. a new this, analyst right now. This is yeah. Harish's pitch. <laughs> exactly. <for the> job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing. I'm building up my CV uh, for Fox News. But but you brought up something interesting. So uh, the fact that the person used their work email. Uh, so um, on on I think on the Reddit thread of, of this topic, right, a lot of people were blasting. Sparkle uh, thoughts. Uh. <laughs> The specifically preschool teachers from Sparkle Thoughts. Uh, mm. A lot of the comments were like, oh my God, she's teaching our toddlers and her English is like that. And and then and then, and, and think, uh, things of that sort. Uh, and then, oh, your Sparkle Thoughts is like the bottom, is the last school that every parent wants to send their kids to for infant care and things like that. Mm. Um, then it started to evolve into a bit more... I mean, this is Reddit, lah. So, so credit to all the redditors who were involved in the discussion. It, it started to evolve into something a bit more a discussion about um maybe she's not really a teacher at the preschool, right? Mm. Maybe she's an administrator or something like that, and and that's why she she has the email, uh, and then also that you know like that this something I also learned from reading Reddit as that about how well, in the past, like preschool teachers, it was a lot more easy to qualify to become a preschool teacher mm. as opposed to a normal primary school teacher or, you know, MOE teacher. Mm. So the standards, you know, when, when people think about preschool teachers, uh, a lot of people think that, oh yeah, as long as you're willing to clean children's backside, you can be a preschool teacher. Already. You don't need any qualifications. <laughs> uh. So so there's a lot of discussion that, that goes on, that's going on in the Reddit thread uh, that people are like, uh yeah, you know, there's a lot of preconceived uh, notions about what a preschool teacher is, and yeah, in in this case, it's quite unfortunate that just from the PCF email that everyone just jumped to conclusion it must be some shitty preschool teacher with really bad English or something. 
Um, and someone, yeah, and, and there was even discussion of the pay of a preschool teacher versus like you know a normal teacher. What was it? And then yeah, how can you expect them to have good English versus you know uh, a normal teacher and things like that? No? so so so, it's, I just found it hilarious how this, I don't know, uh, you know this this angry email with a lot of preconceived uh, biases. Also ended discussion. up in a yeah led to a discussion that also had a lot of preconceived biases about about the teachers, uh. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just all around it's just a very sad situation. But actually, if you see someone with tattoos these days, what what is your immediate thought, uh? Fucking like uh fuck boy. <laughs> Sorry, what? Fuck boy, fuck boy, fuck boy. You know, oh. trend. You know, trendsetter with like blaze cut and all that. Is it is it even a blaze cut or something? Yeah, uh, the yeah. sleeve tattoo la, right? like <laughs> I mean right now yeah, tattoos are yeah. so common now that, that I almost like I, my eyes glaze over most of the time when I just see a, a whole bunch of tattoos I, I, can't, like, I can't even be bothered to like really look at the tattoos anymore I, think, really, I yeah. think maybe the older generation like my uncles and aunties I can imagine them having some sort of preconceived notions about, about tattoos being associated with gangs and all that. maybe because mm. they don't go to like Tanjong Beach Club and see all the gang yeah. members there you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but oh, I remember like gang 20, members, man. 20, 30 years ago, like in school, all that, wow, you see tattoo or what is a damn fucking yeah. big deal, like, right? Yeah. I and mean, I think somewhere in the early 2000s, like everyone started getting tattoos, uh, like, you know, hey, hey, no, 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 okay, no, no, fuck you. You, okay? you included, you included. <laughs> like, everybody just jumped on this bandwagon hey, to get a little tiny you. tattoo hey, in some hidden you. part, fuck hidden you, part of the body, like the ankle or inside arm. And, and then, like, I was like, what the shit is this? Like, hey, 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 come hey, on, hey, just hey, get it out there. Can, like, can yeah. we, can we, let me get a word in, okay? I, like, I know that was an underhanded comment. I would say maybe 20, 2013, that's when like fucking tattoos went mainstream. When I got it in 2009, right? It was still damn badass, uh, okay? Huh? I, I felt like, no a hey, hello, hello, 2009. I mean, there were so many, I mean, every no, no, other no. girl in university <laughs> was getting a tattoo on the ankle no, or inside no, arm no, in no, the no, 2000s, no. Really. No, 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 no. Come on, Reddit, back me up, back me Nonsense. up. Like, what's your, earlier mem- what's your earliest memory Dude, of your earlier, friends getting tattoos? No, earlier 2000s, that it was still not that common. I swear that it was not that common because I remember when I got it and I know just now you purposely nicely in slot the inside arm uh, statement because you know I got a tattoo on the inside arm and I'm fucking <laughs> proud of it, okay? But then, but then now like it pales in comparison to the tattoos that you see on the street every day. La. Now it almost yeah. feels like, oh shit, I got a tattoo and like, ugh, I'm part of the mainstream. Yeah, it's almost like brave to to walk around yeah, without, without a tattoo, a tattoo <laughs> nowadays. Uh. You have to justify why you have no tattoo. Yeah, that's why. You know. What, you're confident enough to walk around without a shirt and yet you don't have a tattoo? Who My God, are you? You look naked, eh? You Who look naked. Are you? How, can you, how do you do it? How do you do it? There's such confidence, man. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you shout out to Paul Foster. Like, he, he showed us his tattoos Holy that day. Holy shit, man. And uh, he's, yeah, he's really full body. And, he's full body. And everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's still, that one's still say, unique. La. Yeah, it's still quite a commitment to do a full body, la, I would say. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Uh, full body is next yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. But the sleeve arm and all that, I'm like, ugh. You know, like, just wear clothes, ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but that's where I guess, in some way, okay. So given that I can't find the post by the CEO of UTL Man, she there's a screenshot that was shared by Mothership, which they say was taken from a Facebook, and it did clearly. I'm guessing it shared the screenshot of the email, la. Yeah, mm. right. The screenshot of the email. So yeah. I'm thinking, like, was it? <sighs> 
I mean, okay, what's what's the what is the benefit of sharing that email uh, with the world and your response? Um, I mean, okay, in some way you are reiterating the values for your company, lah. And I mean, based on what she has written, they do. Uh, uh, assuming that it's all factually correct, yeah, they do. Uh, employ people of all races and sounds like a like a great company, lah. You know, you take this mm. this UTL this concept of UTL and you find some way to bring it to the masses. And apparently, they did very well to pivot during circuit breaker, which is great. But I guess this is almost like a re-establishment of the company values, lah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, it's like when you feel like the public is calling you out, then as the CEO or something, you kind of need to step up and and protect your people, lah. Right from from being from mm. being uh from being called out that way, lah. Right. Yeah. In some way, like I guess for her employees to see your CEO stand up for you, that's that's pretty cool, lah. Right. But yeah, but on yeah. that note, maybe when I got that email about my certain body part a few years ago, I sh- I also should have put out a public statement and stood up for said body part, lah. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. <laughs> now it, it kind of reminds me of um, I I was on a I was on a shoot once uh, with a Japanese client, uh, uh, you know, for video production. Yeah, I think one of the crew had full sleeve tattoos and everything, lah. And uh, we were asked to to somehow cover up. Was like this in Japan or something. what? Was this in Japan? No, no, no in Singapore. Oh, in Singapore, Singapore, okay. To have him cover up the tattoos and all that because mm. apparently culturally, you know, in for Japanese tattoos have you know uh, very strong links to yakuza and everything. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So so regardless of whether your tattoo is just aesthetic or it's like just hype beast and all that nonsense, mm. um, it's not very good form to show off your tattoos in public so much in Japan. Mm. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a bit more modern now. This I I think this was easily five years ago or something like that mm. So so maybe it's changed since then. But but correct me if otherwise lah. Some cultures still have something against tattoos oh, that way. Mm. Um, and then and the other thing I thought of was that I think um. The way, yeah, the way that her email was worded, also, you know, it, it did sound like I'm, I'm my extension, lah, my, my own extrapolation is that when they say a Chinese person with tattoos, I'm guessing it's not a young Chinese person with tattoos or what, lah, right? Mm. So usually the older people with tattoos, a lot of them, uh, you know, might have might have some links to gangs or stuff like that or secret society or whatever you don't think they had um, a second chance second wind of life where they're trying to blend in with the hype beast crowd eh? <laughs> I think saggy skin doesn't doesn't do that well with like tattoos, tattoos uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> you notice that tattoos you really need to have like nice taut skin uh. if not it's very unless you you factor in like, the wrinkles uh. into your design lah Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, but I think it also hurts a lot more when you're older, lah. Right, mm-hmm. your skin is not as as supple as, as before. Supple. Yeah. So so I I mean maybe she's making a statement a bit like a yellow ribbon kind of thing, lah. Right. Like mm. we we happy to work with, and and that helps, and that does help the business. I like I know for a fact. I mean for myself and a few people I know, uh, like we eat old chunky curry puffs because we know that Old Chunky hires older people. Mm. Uh, I don't know about you. Do you know that? Did you know that fact? Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew. Yeah, yeah. So it is, you know, good marketing also when you can establish your values like that as well. Like, yeah, yeah. And let everyone know that, oh, you know, yeah, we employ old people and this, we, we keep people employed. Like, that's oh, a good thing, right? Oh, actually, yeah. I mean, on on, on that note, um, the, no, sorry, finish your thought. 
I will carry on. No, I'm done. Oh, you're done. No, like it yeah. just like I was just I was just um reading the rest of the the Reddit threads and and the I was wondering what PCF had to stay had to say about it like PCF Sparkle Thoughts. So first of all, I didn't even know that PCF is PAP Community Foundation. So it's government linked lah. So maybe that's yeah. why people are a little more riled up lah. That ultimately it's a government linked foundation and one of the staff said this. Oh my God, does this mean the government is racist? But they did. Mm. They did. They did state that you know, uh, it is a non-teaching support staff had used a work email account to ask questions and make comments that do not reflect PCF's views. She will be counselled yeah. about her inappropriate actions. And I think that's mm. that's kind of like all they need to say, lah. You know, I don't yeah. think they need to put out a statement about how, uh, yeah, they are cancelling her or something, lah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, in some sense, they're also protecting their staff, lah. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, in some sense, yeah. they are protecting our star- their stuff. But just now when you mentioned the, the other things that the Reddit thread uh, uncovered was along the lines of what you were saying, like what it takes to get like a halal certification. And some people were saying that is the fact that they mandate that. Um, oh, I think, I don't know whether I saw someone mention saying that if you are 100% Muslim-owned business, uh, there's something about the halal certification being confirmed. No, actually, I wouldn't take that as a fact. Lah. I just, it's a comment mm-hmm. on Reddit. But I think some people are saying that, is it racist to have to mandate that a halal uh, certified company must employ Muslims? So, so I think that that's why I felt like, wow, you go down this, it's it's asking a lot of deeper questions, uh, which in mm-hmm. some way was was interesting lah, to see how uh, that email sparked such uh, intense discussions. Lah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I see a lot of uh, non-halal business owners, uh, or even non non non-Muslim business owners, not halal, non-Muslim business owners, <laughs> not like, business. Uh, no, uh, non-Muslim business owners opening uh, up halal eateries and things like that, lah. Yeah, because it is. I mean, it is a market segment, right? Mm. It's uh, and it has certain rules and parameters that you need to conform to. So mm. you can say that, yeah, lah, it's a niche market that, that I'm I'm, tra- I'm targeting. Mm. So, so I think it's, it's I think it's totally okay for a non-Muslim to to be you know going for that segment, lah. Yeah, you would check your privilege, uh, bro. <laughs> what privilege? <laughs> man? What privilege? I'm I'm the most hated. I'm part of the group that's the most reviled of atheists, alright. Oh, I thought you meant China. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so I was like, hey, hello, what are you talking? But atheists, yeah. you're like, wow, that's a that's another can of worms, man. Exactly, exactly. But at the end of the day, like this one, I mean, it was just like a. I thought, I mean, in some way, like kudos to to UTL man. Um, I will I will also say that I my my myself have my own biases. Mm. When I saw really. when I saw that the CEO of UTL Man responded, I thought the CEO was a man. Yeah, see, that is your privilege <laughs> talking right now. That yeah, and I will. You're probably thinking, why is this man named Audrey? Yeah. Right? That was your thought. <laughs> no, I think there was something that was the CEO responded, and she. I was like, wait, 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 UTL Man, why yeah. oh, the CEO has to be a man? How can UTL Man <laughs> have a female CEO? <laughs> Then I was like, what the fuck am I saying? What am yeah. I saying? Yeah. So so I'm checking my own biases. Uh mm. and and yeah, it it's cool to see that uh it's it's run by a woman and mm. uh yeah, like the company itself feels and I mean I never knew they existed. Now I do need I now I do need do fuck, I do know they exist. 
Yeah, I think just for that, the next time you pass a UTL, man, you have to I have, try the UTL. No, but but do they have do they have retail outlets? I thought I think, it's direct. I think so, oh, it's direct. Uh? Yeah, I think it's direct Ooh, to to consumer, tough. direct to businesses. I mean, I could patronize mm, okay. them, yeah, 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 yeah. I think nowadays it, it it's good business to to not only be thinking about business, but think about you know social justice and other things. That sounds well. like one of those fucking sayings you see on those Instagram posts that mean, that sound good but means, huh? like you said, nowadays it's good business to not think about it just as a business. Yeah. Even exactly. though I get what you're meaning but it's an annoying statement. I mean, like, uh, okay, but <laughs> if, if it's, if Jay-Z, I mean, it's not as eloquent as Jay-Z saying, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man. It's not as eloquent as that, but but it's still okay. <laughs> it still drives, gets the point across. Yeah, like, it gets the point across, la, but I feel like you were doing yeah. the hype beast hand signal while you were saying that. La. <laughs> put yeah, it, put but, a tattoo but, there uh, and you'll be complete already. Yeah, I mean, like, I know, I know, uh, for example, I think the stuffed also, like, they have some program where they they give burritos to underprivileged students, mm, if mm, I'm not wrong. Mm. Uh, and that makes me also want to support them more. Yeah, Stuffed right? has a company. I think I fucking I've been a big believer in Stuffed since it fucking became uh as popular as it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is great, man. And like I think yeah. now their menu is expanding, and I have heard about how they they try and be socially conscious as well, like, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. so see, it works. Awesome. Uh, this this socially conscious marketing really works. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I never say it, it doesn't, man. Yeah, it works. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think maybe we should we need to go and do more good deeds to get people to listen to this podcast. Huh? Mm-hmm. Right. Like what? Uh? Like what? Maybe when when yeah. people in public are arguing, uh, we kind of like join in and and help, uh, the conversation or contribute to the to the yalabot moments that they are having as well. No la. I mean, you just. You just do the the virtue signaling kind of thing, lah. You know, like, like what you say, lah. You just do a fake fake attack, fake <laughs> fake racist statement no. against yourself. No, now like uh, no, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, fake fake racist statement or like I'll punch you in public, uh, right? And then uh, we can talk about that also, lah. Mm, correct, uh, correct. Yeah, create yeah. drama. Create drama, man. But, uh, but yeah, but, yeah. Speaking of uh, of creating drama. Yeah. Uh, this this piece of news is uh by any measure not really dramatic. But uh in the larger scheme of things, I think it's 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 quite a big deal. Which is what, Terence? Uh, it is that uh the first Singapore Singaporean Singapore born ten- table tennis player, uh Clarence Chu. Mm. Uh I mean we have we now have the first ever Singapore born table tennis player to qualify for the Olympics and his name is Clarence Chu I think he's a 29 or 30 year old table tennis player but he has qualified for the Olympics folks this is a huge deal because he's Singapore born uh, and and especially in a uh, something like table tennis, which in you know in Singapore we've had history of importing like foreign players and giving them permanent residency and, and and everything and it's always been a very big hoo-ha la. so uh, I think now the, the fruits of that labor have, have finally are uh, finally out to uh, to be shown to the world is that we have Singaporean 
uh, born and bred uh, talent now in the Olympics. Uh. Mm. What do you what do you th- what do you make of news like that? Uh, first of all, I totally forgot about the Olympics. And when it was to qualify for Olympics, I was like, wait, when the hell is the next Olympics? And it's yeah. happening later this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy From 2020, shit. From 2020, it's been delayed to 2021. And they just announced that international visitors will not be allowed to to watch. Yeah, what the fuck? I totally, like, in my mind, I was like, wait, is the Olympics happening next year or 2023? Or is it going to just wait till the next one that based on the calendar? But no, it's happening later this year, which is yeah. awesome, but which... I mean, if I'm an athlete, right, like the whole last year where you were ready for the Olympics, what, like, it's so fucking, like, uh, yeah, it's it's sad, man. But I mean, it's, it's great to hear this guy qualify for the Olympics and I can totally uh, imagine, like, you know how it would be so cool to watch uh, him play. La. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, but, but, you know, Singapore has always imported, like, uh, players from China, la, table mm, tennis players mm, from China, mm. Feng Tianwei and... and, and uh, various ones even before her. Yeah. And and we've won medals like, because of that, but... We got third, right? But what, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I think we got third, we got yeah. bronze. Yeah. Is it bronze or silver? I can't remember. I won a particular Olympics. Uh, and mm. I remember very distinctly, I was at that time, while that, that, that final or semi-finals were going on, uh, I was at uh, Takashimaya, mm. just like having lunch or something. And on the big screen in Takashimaya, like they were screening that particular mm. match. And, yeah, I remember, uh, everyone yeah. was yeah. yeah, everyone was transfixed uh, just watching the match or so. Yeah. And uh it was I mean, as much as they were Chinese Chinese born, you know, foreign talent, whatever you want to call them, uh, who players who came to Singapore, uh it was still a very proud woman. Uh, so uh yeah, I mean this this piece of news about them being now the players being Singapore born, uh is it that big a deal that you think that they needed to release a whole whole press statement about it? Yeah, I think so. Why? Yeah? Because, I mean, like uh, in some way, I remember th- even that time, even though she got third, there was a lot of sentiment about how, um, yeah, I mean, she came from China. She uh, maybe may not have made the Chinese Olympic team come to Singapore as an opportunity to go to the Olympics. Does she really care about the country and all? And I think even though she had spent quite a lot of time in Singapore, Right, mm. she has spent I think ten years by the time she was representing the Olympics. But I think the argument back then was also always that we bring in this foreign talent, and just mm. by virtue of them being in the Singapore ecosystem, it can have the trickle down effect on the up and coming table tennis stars, la. And I think mm-hmm. this guy who qualified like Clarence Chu, he wasn't even born yet. The last time we had a Singaporean qualify for the Olympic table in table tennis, la, right? So mm. in some way, I think it's it's fucking important that they put this up because one of those uh, imports from China who represented Singapore, Gao Ning, he's now the coach of the men's team, mm. right? So it's mm. almost a validation of the model that, okay, 20 years ago, we brought in some um, people from China, even though people were saying, you know, like, oh, it's foreigners, they're not representing Singapore. But in some way, you could also attribute their impact to the up-and-coming Talent la. and this guy, he, the person he beat in the final for the Asia qualifications was uh, another Singaporean guy who's 18 years old and I think was mm. recently or in the past couple of years ranked number one in the world for under 18. La. Mm-hmm. So you have this whole generation of up and coming talent. So I think it's fucking amazing that, yeah, I mean, the 18 year old guy, he goes to Neon Poly. 
<laughs> so yeah. he's he's yeah. like hardcore, like born and bred Singaporean. He, uh, even Joseph Schooling, you know, there was a talk. Like, okay, he grew up in Singapore, but he went to the US. Uh, I still am su- was super happy when Joseph Schooling won. I know there was fair share of detractors, but I think someone, it's just, I think yeah, I think it totally deserves a full page article. Uh. But do yeah, you yeah, not? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, um, I think uh, especially since we were just talking about the gold twenty thirty four, yeah, about Singapore, you know, re- uh, making the World Cup and everything, yeah, uh, by twenty thirty four. I think this is a it, this this comes at a very interesting time, lah. Is a as in it's very instructive that, um, yeah, lah. You do need to take some short term pains that that a lot of people will ridicule you for and and probably criticize you for uh and and political points also get get deducted and everything Mm. but these short-term pains have 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 brought about long-term long-term uh improvements uh, in the singapore game Mm. so yeah to to see that there's a singaporean like you say born bread has gone through education system and even has even grappled with the problem of national service, you know. Like I know, I know this Clarence Chu had some, had, wasn't able to make like the one of the Commonwealth Games or something because he was doing his NS uh, at some point in the past. So so he's a grapple with it and come through, and now he's qualified for Olympics. So it's like, even without winning a medal, right? I think that's a huge achievement already. Yeah, like, man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean. I think it's very inspiring for a lot of young kids when they when they hear that it's actually possible to to make the Olympics and and, and do this lah. Yeah, because even of course now the, yeah. the the hard part is to actually like you know get a medal or something, but you know uh, step at the time Yeah, because I mean even Joseph schooling, you know, like you when you heard about the schooling family and how much his parents sacrificed to send him abroad for training. Yeah, I mean even though yeah he was born in Singapore, there were a lot of things that were were not were things that not everyone has access to like, you know the chance to go abroad and train and all mm. but these people like I mean um, yeah like they're, they're still studying like what you said they had to deal with NS and they fucking made the Olympics and Olympics in table tennis is not like like some sport that only two countries play like, right it is it is uh it's been in the Olympics for a whole fucking fucking long so I think it's fucking great man and like I can't wait for in for August to be able to support Mr. Clarence Chu and the rest of his his team who are who have made it or will make it. Mm, yeah. yeah. And and uh, the I think uh one little nugget that, that I also dug up like uh before this was that I think the last SEA Games in twenty nineteen yeah. was the first time that the men's table tennis team was like all locals. Like all as in all Singapore born uh people uh, and not, mm. not like comprising of uh, foreign talent and anything so uh, it shows you that this has been in the works for a while already like this building up of the local talent pool and then I think uh, it, 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 it probably comes in waves like that like. I don't think it's just a the, the, it's not just like Clarence Children like you know like, like what you said it was a, the final qualifier it was two Singaporeans right quali- yeah, fighting yeah. to qualify so it, it, whether or not it was Clarence or the other person it would who have been a Singaporean and so there's a there's a pretty awesome statistic uh. yeah and, and I guess it helps that it's an individual sport because uh, I mean you can bring Messi and Ronaldo to Singapore but will mm. that result in the Singapore team as a whole becoming that good I don't know Yeah, yeah. Uh, there might be some net impact but um, given that it's an individual sport I think 
Actually, this might be a move that I think would be cool to study because a few podcasts ago, I shared the article about how Germany revamped their entire soccer talent system uh, mm. to improve their scouting methods, improve their training methods, improve their whole um, process from the time a young person is scouted and identified to developing him into a world-class player. La. And the mm. effects of that came like 20 years later. La. And now mm. like fucking Germany football is is is, is amazing. La. So I yeah. think this is something that would be great to even study, break down or use as a case study for other sporting organizations in Singapore. La. Yeah, speaking of which, I think uh, some of the, someone, some people on the subreddit pointed us to um, that Singapore, the Singapore Football Association of Singapore actually hired the, a Belgian uh, director of football development mm. uh, to to head up, the, to be the technical director of FAS for like a, a period of three to five years or something like that. Mm. And he was the one who came up with the, the bare bones uh, so-called uh, plan for what is happening now in schools, uh, a standardization of the of the curriculum, football curriculum, everything, which we were which we were happily mocking from our ivory tower, you know, mm. of this podcast. We were saying, oh, you know, like this curriculum is gonna be like ECA and stuff like that. Mm. So someone pointed out that this is comes from the Belgian director of football who mm. has presided over the development of many, many, many amazing Belgian players over the last few decades. Uh, if you think about it, mm. uh Lukaku, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Vincent Eden Company Eden, Eden, Eden Hazard. Hazard yeah all these I mean Belgium is not a I mean it's a big country definitely bigger than Singapore but it's about the same population size as Malaysia mm. so for them to produce so many high level footballing, football players is is, is is quite something and especially in such a short period of time also so, so, so how long uh, has he been in Singapore or he just joined no he I think he left in 2018 really uh, after he like have finished writing that whole white paper, which you can actually find on the internet also. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's quite. Hopefully, you know, maybe with with some help from other countries that have done this before, mm. uh, Singapore will be in a better place now than we were in nineteen ninety eight when Goal twenty ten was launched. Uh, you know, mm. but you say <laughs> he for, left already, or yeah, I think he. I don't know whether it was a contract job or what, but he already finished. Yeah, he he left the FAS already. Mm. So so maybe I mean maybe he's got another calling maybe he's, maybe he's he's like just a consultant like brought in to revamp everything and give ideas for the next few years mm. and then after that he moves on to his next job. Mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty so, cool. So, yeah, yeah. So so this was brought to us by one of our Reddit, uh, someone on our subreddit. So that was pretty awesome because I mean I haven't read the full white paper and everything, but it 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 did show me that okay there was I mean it wasn't just like a random foreigner brought in and paid high salary to do nothing, like, you know? Mm. He did come up with a very concrete, a very concrete, uh, seems like a actionable plan to get things done. Uh. Mm. That's like a whole world that is so fucking interesting, man. I mean, the, the fact that you can kind of, uh, it's almost, it almost builds on the belief that any country can produce like world-class sporting talent. Uh. Mm. Right? It's just yeah, a lot yeah, of things yeah. need to be in place. Like, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time is Invictus. Um, mm. you know the movie that I think was a depiction of what actually happened in real life where Mandela just Nelson Mandela realized that okay rugby can be the one thing that could potentially bring South Africa together after the apartheid right mm. um, is that how you pronounce it apartheid apartheid 
apartheid. Apartheid. Yeah. apartheid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they they ended up like uh, winning the the rugby world cup lah. I think that was mm. in 1998 or something. Even though mm. when I did a six-week-long internship in South Africa in 2008, which was a fucking great experience, one of my good friends there on the ground, he said, yeah, you know, on the day that we won, everyone was hugging on the streets, uh, blacks, whites, everyone. But three days later, it went back to the normal shit. Like. <laughs> so, so, but but I mean, the, the power of sport and the power of how it's almost like a like there's a scientific element to it so so any program that has a long-term plan i think must be commended and hopefully 15 years ago when the table tennis association in singapore wanted to bring in its foreign talent i assume that they had these kind of uh, goals in sightline and it's awesome that someone they brought in uh the gowning who is now the head coach is able mm. to kind of see his own young teenage uh um Table tennis uh, stars, prodigies, prodigies like qualify for the Olympics lah, which is which is amazing, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that's super cool. La. But of course, I you think, do yeah. you do get people shitting on the on the thing on the Reddit lah, right? Oh, you do. Yeah, not our Reddit, but on the oh, Reddit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so right. I, I think yeah, it hasn't the the path to integration has never been easy lah for yeah. even these these foreign. Uh, Foreign talents, foreign uh, table tennis players. Yeah, I mean, I I mean their their background has always been questioned and always slighted by the by a, a large majority of the public. Also, yeah, I mean, like <laughs> this is the funny thing is there was this other story that we were considering covering today, which also has to do with talent from a foreign country, which is mm. the the outcome of the investigation from MCCY into the yeah. the copyright <laughs> infringement of Count on Me Singapore. But yeah. I mean, like everyone, like I, I found it weird because we spoke about it a few episodes ago, and then the past few days, I suddenly started started seeing my friends on Facebook talk about it, uh, talk about it, and post about it. And I was like, wait, isn't didn't that isn't it over already? But then mm. there were some developments, like, But we figured, okay, since that's getting so much press, is there anything else worth talking about that maybe isn't getting the same amount of buzz, like? Hence, and probably a, probably a uh, bit more positive, like. I find that one. Yeah, that was just like a very. Uh, cynical uh, cash grab by all these like someone who just wanted attention like, basically you mean the the songwriter the composer like, the composer like. man he must be thinking like what the fuck happened <laughs> like just hit him out of nowhere man <laughs> no he's probably happy there's like a lot of publicity for him like, really. yes yeah I mean if you've never had articles written about you to suddenly like you know be covered internationally that's yeah like, uh, it's pretty badass right yeah so so yeah, man. It could be another vertical of the business that sends racist emails. You know, like uh just any anything you've done in the past that is buzzworthy, uh, yeah. uh they'll spin it around. Uh. Of course that's just a joke. Okay. I'm not adding on to the C V for my application to Fox News as an anchor. Um yeah, yeah. but yeah. Morgan, Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan and Ben Shapiro. That's your dream job, right? I tell you in a week, uh, Terence. You, you know, you know, it's been great working you, with you on MOF and Yala, but I'm starting a podcast with uh, Piers yeah. Morgan. Actually, actually, this is a, is a good uh, time to just, I mean, because we're ending off that, that that segment, but to also just address like some of the, you know, the big comments on Reddit, especially about that, about uh, you know, that 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 woke article that was mm. written. A couple mm. weeks ago, yeah. Um, I mean, if you go to Reddit, it, it is quite heated, and I think a lot of people are demanding answers from us like I think one big one that keeps coming up is like why why are we you know um, uh, you know talking about 
uh, why do we give so much uh, leeway to Xiaxue when she was on our podcast mm. versus like what this person is saying, like, right? Versus yeah. this uh, Don, is it Don or Dana? Dana Tio? Or yeah, Dana Tio. Right? Yeah. Yeah, about about uh, shitting on work culture and everything. Like. Yeah. So, so, yes, you have the floor now, Harish. What do you, no, what do you want to say in, about that? I mean, I, I haven't, haven't, uh, um, because I do want to address some of the things in, in greater detail. I wouldn't say, like, you just say, give me the floor now and I fucking, like, I, w- I want to respond when I have a uh, a better grasp of everything that has been discussed. Mm. Like, because I think even as recent as three days ago, people are still commenting. Um, and I know some people were kind of shitting on us for uh, being too liberal in our perspectives and all. But, I mean, I think... Just off the top of my head, I was thinking, okay, but I mean, our, my issue was with today, the publication, which is a a, a media company that um, is also tied to um, certain big institutions. We are just two people uh, running a podcast uh, who definitely have our own biases. Uh, I definitely swing more liberal uh, and that's my starting point. Um, so, mm. so that's where I was like, mm, um, I know we like to consider alternative perspectives, but I will also not shy away from my own starting point perspectives. Like, and as long as I can force myself to consider at least a bit of the alternative perspective, to me, that's progress. So, I mean, I don't want to say more because there's like some of these comments are long, man. Are long. Yeah. And I will say long that when... And, and very angry. Long yeah. And angry. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. when I saw some other Redditor, Redditor saying, you know, just calm down, man. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I do get a sense sometimes... People, um, they, maybe they don't listen to our full podcast, and then they they're so angry they jump off already and just like mm. and go straight to Reddit and score us, because uh yeah some, sometimes the things they say we do address later in the podcast whether it's with a disclaimer or something like you know like what you just said like we are really not just two individuals we're not like a big media company that has editors or anything like that as well mm. so we do come with our biases right. Yeah, uh, but 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 I think maybe people will expect that to be said up front. If not, you know everything you say can and will be used against you as well, lah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I think yeah. people can still keep the comments coming. What yeah. I'm saying is, I, I also hope that you also do listen to the full context of the, what we say, and if we put any disclaimers out there, usually we put them out there because they're important, lah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. I think like uh, I would encourage everyone listening to check out the sub- our subreddit if you haven't because I will say that a lot of these comments also make me stop and think which is much more than most comments we've received in the past on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and whatnot like, so I'm very thankful for that um, yeah. but yeah and, well, and, and I think it has helped a lot for I don't know about you like for me my personal growth as a content creator also that right yeah yeah how 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 we think about topics and how we think about tackling these topics with the content that we produce la. yeah yeah exactly um yeah that that is that's that's i mean like uh, as much as sometimes i know i know terence is super quick to respond on reddit i take uh, longer and i think uh, i've taken a while for that thread i do read all the comments it's just i want to respond when i've when i've thought it through mm. yeah Yes, that's all. Uh, I, that's all I had to say at this point. Uh. Thanks for yeah. putting me in a position and a spotlight <laughs> on me when I wasn't ready. You know, I, I think it's just kind of explain also why why you haven't responded to any or why we haven't responded to any of these comments. Mm, or so, mm, like, right? Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, on to the final segment of the day. Yes, which is 
you know, usually after a week. I, I like I like the one joke things after, you know, a weekend because it means that we've had time to like, you know, like kick back a little bit and, and look around for good things. What is your one joke thing? Um, my one joke thing is this this thing that I chanced upon of, uh, last week, but we actually which actually came up in twenty fifteen Um, it was this. There was this CCTV footage of this taco store in uh, Las Vegas that got broken into, um, mm-hmm. and it literally shows from the multiple cameras uh, a bunch of people breaking in with uh, stones being thrown through the glass windows and ransacking the cash registers and all that la. But what the restaurant owner did, I think the next day, was he released the CCTV footage. And because, you know, CCTV footage doesn't have audio, right? So he just put, like, just plain subtitles uh, over the CCTV footage and it was basically kind of reenacting what they were saying to each other if they were all desperate for tacos. You know, like Mm. they were breaking in for tacos. And then they were like, Mm. okay, dude just wants a taco. Oh, here's another dude who wants a taco. Oh, shit. Uh, No tacos in the register. Let's check the safe. Oh, shit. And then the CCTV cuts to uh, footage of this car coming outside. And I was like, oh, moms come to get them because they can't find their tacos. And then he intercuts it with B-roll footage of tacos from his store. And then he ends up by showing uh, zoom-in screenshots of the three individuals saying, uh, help me find this guy so they can get the tacos they deserve (laughs) or something Mm -hmm. like that. And to me, that was... fucking good response because it kind of highlighted the fact that oh shit they just got um, broken into Uh, Mm. but also in a way that kind of like it got him a lot of publicity and there were so many articles written about it it's kind of like the you tell men thing right you get one bad message and then you you turn, you reply and turn it into a PR, a, a yeah. good PR for yourself, lah. Right. But that one, in some sense, why I love it was because it was hilarious. Like it, it he created great content out of something that was shitty, lah. You know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they did damage his property, they did break in, um, they did mm. compromise its uh, his uh, his uh, restaurant security. But the way he did it, oh shit! I would totally support mm. that business, man. Yeah. Totally. Cool. What about your one show? My one joke thing is actually, uh, I think the ex of current NASA or Apple engineer, Mark Rober, also a mm. YouTuber, his latest video, which uh, I think it was a glitter bomb on phone scammer uh, video. Mm. So, uh, he, you know, he he's done, if you don't know Mark Rober, he's an engineer who does really interesting things. Uh, experiments and uh, gear and gadgets on YouTube. So some of the crazy things he's done is like uh, the craziest one was the he built a, uh, a what, what, do, what do you call that? The Ninja Warrior Ninja Warrior obstacle mm, course mm, mm, for mm. squirrels for squirrels in his backyard. Mm. Uh, and then he's also built a anti uh, anti doorstep theft uh, glitter bomb device. So you know because in the US where they leave packages at the door a lot of times the the packages go missing la. So, uh, to catch someone who had been doing doing that at his place, he actually put a put a built a glitter bomb in and then put it in a box at his doorstep la. And then whoever stole it op- opened up the box and then it would explode in a in a mountain of glitter and just mm. scatter it all over la. So and then after that, it would even spray out fart uh fart gas into the air la, just to add insult to injury. Plus. There was a camera inside that's also beaming the image and everything of the person to mm. 
to the original to to back to Mark Rober himself lah. So he's done a few of these like trying to catch petty thieves at the doorstep lah. But his latest video is really quite something in that you know those phone scammers that everyone's been getting a lot of phone calls from, mm. whether it's from China or from India and all these phone scammers who call you and tell you that there's something uh, that you you've shipped him something illegally or you need to read. Uh, you you have some uh, the Singapore police has your package in custody and you need to blah blah, blah do something and yeah, all that yeah, nonsense. Correct, correct, correct. So, if you've ever wondered like what really goes on behind the scheme and everything, right? Um, basically, this Mark Rober has decided to use the glitter bomb to get to the bottom of these phone scams. Uh. Mm. So he has he actually breaks down exactly how these phone scams work. And how he was able to use the glitter bomb to help trace the glitter bomb package to help trace a uh, a so called middleman in this phone scam la, who was also uh, in the US as well, mm. and 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 they managed to uh, using his glitter bomb and the glitter bomb package and all the information that he was gathering, he's been working with the FBI and and federal agents oh, and shit. like the local police to actually catch these phone scammers. And um, I think it's a very good watch, even though it's a bit longer, a bit more uh, talky than his other, you know, like the, than the Ninja Warrior video, for example. But he really, it really shocking, it shocks you like how elaborate these like scams in, phone phone scams in India and China are that, that they can actually, uh, you know, whether you're from Singapore, from the US or whatever, and whatever bank account you have and everything, they have a way of like uh, scamming you. La. And then they, he has recordings of how those scams happen. And it's a very good warning if you have know any old people in your life you know, who might be a little more susceptible to these things because they don't know technology that well. Oh, really? It's yeah. a very good watch. Yeah, it's a very good watch just for you to understand what goes on behind a phone scam. La. And then uh, apparently this is just part one. He's he's managed to he's helped the police catch a a intermediary in the US for, for these phone scams but his next his promises is like down the road his next few videos are going to be about how they're going to do this glitter bomb prank to even like maybe the original phone scammers in the India or China oh really yeah. so, so yeah it, it sounds like it's going to be really exciting but um I don't want to give away too much. I think I think it's just worth watching. If you thought that these phone scammers are just like these two bit operations with like like just a small call center or whatever, like you just gotta watch it and really understand the scale at which they're operating in. Oh. Yeah, Mark Robo is fucking amazing, yeah. If you talk about like people who he only does like one video a month, right? But every video yeah. gets like 20, 30 million views. Eh? Yeah, yeah, and, and deserved deserved views, are they really I mean the stuff that he builds are really like, uh, legit la. they're not like DIY nonsense or anything yeah, yeah yeah, it is legit man yeah 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 and cool. I think he still works for Apple right Apple engineer right I think yeah like, like I think like part time I mean like certain specific projects or something la. I don't think he does yeah, it full time yeah yeah because yeah I can't imagine like working at Apple full time and then having time to do his YouTube stuff as well as well yes yeah but, but yeah he's yeah. fucking dope man fucking dope yeah Cool. Uh, cool. I will put the link in the dis- the description, the show notes. Yep, yep. All right, man. Yeah. So uh, I guess now we need to make our endings clearer. Okay, this this podcast yes. is this episode is ending now. Okay, you're yes. about to move on to the next episode. So <laughs> so enjoy it while you can. Cool.
All right. Peace. <laughs> I guess I should stop. Okay, I should stop.